heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We're glad to have you here today. And, and I'm, to be very transparent, I'm having a little difficulty talking about the topic today. I'm really kind of struggling with having this whole conversation. You just don't, you don't really want to go there. Yeah, it's just something about it I just don't feel comfortable with. Yeah. Okay, we left you lost for just a few seconds. Uh, you know, I remain silent. The crowns that I may be I choose not to participate. I know why that is, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually the topic that we're talking about is what keeps us from entering into some difficult conversations, those conversations that you don't really want to have, and how do we enter into them? What's the correct way to do it? Now, these are conversations a lot of times that God's laying on your heart that you need to go have, and it could be with a spouse, it could be with a, a child, a sibling, a coworker, any of those kinds of things, a friend. But it's those conversations that come up in life that make it really, really difficult to want to go have them. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of reasons why they're difficult. And, and Dennis, I'm going to throw it to you a bit. What, what's a couple reasons that people are resistant to have a conversation they know they really need to have and sometimes even the ones God's prompting them to have. Well, this is a masculine journey, so I can talk about men in particular. Some things that I found out, uh, uh, maybe we're not supposed to talk. We don't feel like we're supposed to talk sometimes because that's more of a female thing to do. I don't know if that fits in our group or not, but certainly I, I know some men there are like that. Um, we feel outmatched or that we cannot win, so we just don't want to go there uh, because we're angry and rather than uh, losing our tempers or, or having problems with our manners, we choose not to have the discussion at all. Uh, when arguing with you can be painful for both of us, and our history is driving us. We know in the past, and we talked about this earlier, we know in the past that maybe things haven't gone so well when we have those conversations. And I can throw into that one in particular for me is uh, fear and anxiety over having those tough conversations. Uh, I hope I'm not the only man that experiences that, but I I have a feeling I'm not, that there's some men that listening listening that have that same issue, that we just uh, we try to avoid those conversations like the plague sometimes, quite honestly. Well, I think that you're probably one of the few men that admit it, because I think that we all have it from time to time. Not all, many of us. We have a friend named Al that's on the show a lot, and Al will enter into any conversation regardless of, you know, the, the timing. I mean, he really needs to enter in because he feels really pressed to do it. And so we, we've realized that, that <laughs> Al? there's a condition that Al has. Robbie, do you remember what that condition was? Yeah, premature conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got premature conversation issues. Okie dokie. Al's here. He just can't, he's not on the radio to defend himself, so it's all fair when, you, when you're here and not on the air. Uh, but sometimes those fears are fears that's founded in the past or grounded in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I stepped out before and it didn't work out well. Um, sometimes it's a fear of rejection. You know, I, I don't know what that outcome is going to be, so I don't know that I want to enter into it. You know, what are some of the other reasons that, that guys have a hard time entering into some of these conversations? Oh, shame. 
mm-hmm. you know, guilt, um, it, which in itself is a way of, it's a sort of a pride thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love the classic situation that we see, <laughs> you know, the husband and wife decide that they're both not going to say anything. I'm not going to be the first person to say anything. No. And this might go on for two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the one that's going to break the ice here. This is, we got silence going on. It's going to stay that way. That and happened so, in my house growing up. So you got shame and you got pride and both those could easily um, fit into the uh, Robbie repertoire <laughs> of things I've been guilty of, no doubt. Yeah, you know, and, and unfortunately in some situations, and we're not really referring to these, but they're, they're afraid of an abusive situation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and so they're, they're afraid to enter into a conversation because they're, they're really fearful of the outcome. And that's not what we're talking about, putting your life in danger but more just those things God saying, hey, you need to go do this now, or you just know in your heart you should go do it, that it, it's something that's just kind of eating at you to do. Well, when you speak about God being involved, something that Robbie just said strikes me is that uh, we can be so quick to, to project the outcomes. Like I'll think about having a conversation. I'm, I'm already projecting, you know, five different outcomes that could take place without even involving God in being in control of the entire thing. So it's like, I've already got it figured out that this is how this could go. And I think that's pretty typical for us to do at times. Yeah, we like to, like you say, kind of plan out what's what's gonna happen and have a, a counter plan. You know, what's mm-hmm. my plan B if it goes in this direction and those types of things. And instead of sometimes just letting God lead it. All right, so now we've talked about some things in theory, right? And theory's always easy. Theory's not risky. Mm-hmm. All right. So in practice, guys, what's a couple of stories that kind of come to your heart of times that you've been called to have a conversation you really didn't want to have and, and just some of the little details around that? Mm-hmm. Vinny, you got something for us? Yeah. One of the hardest things that I have ever had to face was when my last son was born. Uh, and he was born premature in the sixth uh, month. And doctor told us that he wouldn't live, but I wouldn't tell that to my wife, who was in her bed, mm-hmm. bedroom, I mean a hospital room. And about the seventh day, I get a call from the doctor that John Vincent had died. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go tell my wife. Yeah. No, and <laughs> I actually went into the cafeteria and stayed there for about four hours trying to figure out how I could put it to her without her being hurt. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about me anymore. I was thinking about her. And my sister came in. and She told me, you want me to do it? I said, no. And uh, anyway, after about five, six cups of coffee, I went up there. And she was beaming, my wife, mm-hmm. beaming because... She gave me another son. And wow, that even made it worse mm-hmm. to stand there. Now what do I do? You know, I was all ready, but I wasn't ready now. <clears throat> well, I did tell her. And I will never forget the look in her face. She took the blame. Wow. She took the blame. It's not your fault, and she says it's me. I'm too old. And she was 33. Uh, That's one of them times when you walk away and for a couple of days, you just don't know where you're at. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I just put myself, I do this a lot, I put myself in the bed and I just wait for everything to blow over. And most of the times in my life, which has been pretty long, uh, it's worked for me. I just let God handle it and uh, he handled that one. But I think of him every day. I even think, believe it or not, you know, when I go to heaven, uh, what he's going to look like. He'd be 53 now. Uh, I can't wait to see him, mm-hmm. as I can't wait to see my wife, Rita. Mm-hmm. So that's a story that was very, very, very difficult for me. Well, thank you, Vinny. I know it still wasn't easy today, even though that no. many years ago. No, it's not easy. You know, it just brings everything back. Right. Uh, sometimes it's better to be forgotten. But you don't forget things like that. No, you it's don't. It's impossible. And if I'm sitting out there as a man, I, I'm definitely going, man, I can relate of not wanting to have that conversation. Right. And there's some of those that you look at, and everybody can look at and say, man, I really get that. I get how I'd never want to be there. But then there's others that we individually carry. Things that, you know, are really, really difficult for us that others may not understand, right? Or others are not willing to admit. And so I keep throwing it to you guys because I'm the one behind the microphone right now. But mm-hmm. is there any stories that kind of come up for you that you'd think about, man, I just really didn't want to enter into this conversation? Well, I had a situation several years ago. Actually, it was about uh, 12 years ago. Uh when I went into treatment for alcoholism mm-hmm. and I went in a program where I was in there for two and a half weeks. Uh, it was the first time, not, not the last that I've had to seek treatment for that. And my daughter was about 10, 11 years old at the time. And we had to do it. We moved very quickly and there really wasn't a whole lot of time to explain to Taylor what was going on. And I was there for about five days and I knew that her mom was going to bring her for a visit, and she uh, she brought her out, and uh, Taylor actually initiated the conversation. We walked off, and we were talking for a while, and she said, Daddy, what's going on? Because she didn't think that I drank because I'd hidden it, and I had to explain to her what was going on uh, and had to tell her that I hadn't always been honest about about some things that were, were happening in my life, and it's a real tough conversation because those of you who and you guys know how close my daughter and I are mm-hmm. uh, to have to have that conversation and explain to her uh, that I had fallen and, and this was something that I was having to deal with. That was the last thing that I wanted to tell her. But I was in a place where, you know, I talked about being fearful, I had to do it, you know, had to explain to her what was happening. Um, and I think we grew from that, uh, but it certainly wasn't easy at the time. Yeah, we're not going to be able to get the the clip I wanted to get in before break, but we're going to play two clips. We're going to actually come back after the break with a clip that you're going to find very, very funny um, from Everybody Loves Raymond. But we're going to continue going into the break with a couple of the stories. And and so, Robbie, is there anything on your heart that you have that you want to share? I can can share a story. Oh, yeah. I, I, and again, this one may take us through the break, but that's okay. I you know, probably about two years ago, was reading a book and it came across this tremendous description of intimacy with God. And as I was looking at this intimacy with God, I was all of a sudden just thought, wow, yeah, I can, 
I can feel that, I can sense that, but oh, if I could have that intimacy with my wife. And I started to pray, God, is there some way that you could bring me that intimacy with my wife? Because I just don't really feel like she knows me or that I you know, have that kind of feeling like we're where we need to be. And of course it was all her fault <laughs> as far as I was concerned. <laughs> you know, it couldn't be me, it had to be her, you know. And uh, you know, that led to a time where uh, there was some healing that needed to come from me on a subject. And as we can hear that bump, you think we know that the break is coming. Yeah, and we're going to come so, back with that story after the clip. We'll yes. get some more story. And so we're going to continue to talk about these difficult conversations and not just what do you do beforehand, but how do you enter into them and how do you let God lead you through it? My battle buddies and I attended the NHL Stadium Series at Yankee Stadium. We had the time of our lives. Ventix, we can't thank you enough. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Wayne Johnson here. The earthquakes you see in movies are one thing, but real life is a completely different animal. Just because you can't predict an earthquake doesn't mean that you can't prepare for one. In the event of a real earthquake, you should drop, cover, and hold on. Visit ready.gov earthquake and practice what to do to keep you and your family safe in the event of a real earthquake. And you'll be seen as a hero by your family and your loved ones. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. That's all I could take. <laughs> <laughs> just got the thumbs down on the bumper music. The bumper music was really good. It was just like jabbing a pencil in my eye. I really can't explain it. <laughs> I just t- I tell you how that came about, Sam. Is I just I just thought about the main ha- household, and I figured that whenever you had to have a talk with Heidi, that you just walked up and started singing that to her. I want to have That's a talk with you. Close. <laughs> it's close. It sounds to do with I'm sorry. I don't know how that usually works out. Um, when we uh, before we get back into the story, Robbie, I'd, I'd like to get a clip in, Absolutely. right? Because what we've been talking about is some things that are pretty heavy, and a lot of these conversations are heavy, but sometimes they're not always as heavy as we think they're going to be. And so, when we go into this clip, can you just set it up? Yeah, real it's an awkward time? situation when you know you love your brother and he's been trying to find the right girl for years, and all of a sudden you think this could be the one, and then you you see her eat a fly. <laughs> It goes downhill from there. What can I say? I know it's kind of early, but I'm getting this feeling. I don't know. I think she might be. What do you mean? The one? Are you saying that you think Angela might be the one? (laughs) Can you believe this? Mom consents when I'm having a good time and she's here to kill it. Listen, Robert, just relax. It'll be fine. Look, if Angela really is the one, she's going to have to meet your parents at some point. You might as well get it over with. Right, Ray? She's not the one. (laughs) 
I saw something that I have to tell you because you have to know because I saw it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, what did you see, Ray? Angela ate the fly. <laughs> what? What do you mean? The fly that was flying around. Angela killed it. It fell on the table. She put it in a napkin. And then she ate it! You do right. Yeah, man, what is your problem? I'm telling you, I saw that woman eat a fly. Oh, she did not. You must have seen something else. Well, what and what? What did I see? No, 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 no. Maybe it was a crouton or something. A flying crouton? Are you drunk? Look, I'm trying to help him. How is this supposed to help me, Raymond? I'm doing what any brother would do. If you see Deborah eat a fly, I want you to tell me right away. Now that that would be a difficult conversation. We get a laugh at it because it's funny that we're not in those shoes. Yeah. A little bit. That's that's a conversation. If you watched it, you would have to and the, oh wow. But yeah, to pick up on my story, as we yeah. before we went to the break, we talked about it. I wanted to have this intimacy with my wife and I clearly felt it was all her fault <laughs> and and then actually as a, as a result of doing the masculine journey radio show it's about two years ago and and sam uh came in one day and talked about a, a situation that he had gone through with his counselor and got some healing on and and through my listening to sam's story i realized wow i wonder if god and i could talk about that kind of thing and when we did god brought something to my attention that I had a problem with lust and that he really wanted to walk through that with me and as I traveled back into my childhood he, he began to to bring this phenomenal healing and what I call my innocence card and and I felt like wow I was really getting some some healing from the Lord and and forgiveness and I had this new freedom but in the order to walk into it completely I needed to share it with my wife and that was not a conversation that I felt like would go well you know, I was projecting all those outcomes and her being hurt and all this, you know, how can I tell my wife that I'd really struggled with lust all these years? Just really, really difficult. Well, God just so had it <laughs> that we were going on a marriage retreat that Valentine's Day. And so it was like within a week and a half of me having this healing, here I am at this marriage retreat and the last day of the, you know, the last thing, you know, they say, well, now, is there anything that you really need to come clean with your mate you know this is going to be a good time for you to have a covenant of silence time and then go in and have that discussion with your wife and so there i am almost like you know uh everybody's love rant like here i am it's clear that this is time to have this conversation that god has set this up she's had a chance to talk with god and now i've got to confront and find myself in that situation and i have to tell you it was by far and away one of the most difficult conversations i could imagine having and i had to watch how that hurt my wife. I had to see the tears. I had to experience, you know, what it was for her to see the real Robbie and, 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 and what I, my struggles were and, and to take off the mask, so to speak, after 20 some odd years, almost 30 years. But then something marvelous happened. She forgave me and it hurt like it was phenomenally painful. But in that forgiveness, I got the answer to the prayer that I'd 
asked for some time ago to have my wife actually know me and have innocent intimacy with my wife is she now knew the real me as broken as I am and she loved me in spite of my flaws and as Stacy Eldridge puts in her book you know becoming myself there's a part of a man that doesn't become shalom it doesn't become all that he can be until he has the forgiveness of, of a woman that knows what he really is and still loves him mm-hmm. and my wife provided something for me that you know on the other side of that conversation was a healing in my soul that was just beyond anything I could have dreamed of. And what that does, it takes away the enemy's ability to say, if they only knew. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really where he's got us. Because I remember a few years back, God had been leading me to talk to Heidi about some things, just lots of things in my life that, you know, kind of those things you shove down and keep buried. And he just made it very uncomfortable for me to, to really have to bring all those things to surface. And when I did and she listened and she listened and loved and, and she listened without judgment, there was so much freedom on the back side of that, which allowed to feel real intimacy. Because before that, there was always that barrier there, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes these difficult conversations are with you know, our spouses, but sometimes it's with a child. And I'm going to go to a clip real quick, and then we'll kind of wrap up after the end of this on, on how you enter into it. But this is from the last Rocky movie. And in this, right, what's happened right before this, Rocky's son has just been wailing on him, not physically, but verbally, with the th- telling him, everything in my life that's happening bad is your fault. It's your fame that causes me all this hardship. And Rocky loves his son more than just about anything. But I want you to listen to how he responds, because he has to. You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world, and you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. So as you kind of listen to that, you, you realize that, that Rocky has to step into a risk point. Mm-hmm. In these difficult conversations, part of what makes them difficult is the, the uncertainty of the outcome. There's a risk point. I don't know where that's going to end up. I mean, he could have lost his son forever. You know, 
Our spouses may not have been as understanding, those kinds of things. But if you don't step out in risk, which God's going to call you to that place of risk, then you're never going to get on the other side of it. Yeah, and I guess what I what I kind of heard in both of your guys' stories in that too is that to to be at that point, there has to be a trust in God mm-hmm. as to how this is going to come out. There has to be an obedience to. There was an obedience in your story, Robbie, that when you and God were having that conversation and he put you to that, that you had to follow through. Um, and that's not easy. You know, it's not easy for me even to say that because I've struggled with that so much um, that we have to trust and we have to trust in the Lord and what those outcomes are going to be. And you hear him saying that, and uh, you know, that, there's some hard things to say yeah. to your son. They are, they are. And, and so how do you start to enter in to some of this? Yeah, you got to walk with God, but I think first, not first, as well as that, you need to be able to look in the mirror and say, okay, what's my motives here for wanting to have the conversations? Is it anger? Is it revenge? Or what's my motivation for not having the conversation? Mm-hmm. Is it fear? And those types of things, and then give those things to God and let him lead you through it. Yeah, it's, it's speaking the truth in love, but really looking at it from a standpoint of protecting my brother and my wife, a lot of times from, I see this between your relationship with God and you, and how can I get in there and help you? Because what, what Rocky does so well in that clip, to my opinion, is he calls him to a place higher. You're better than that. This isn't who you are. I know you, 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 you exceed in what you think you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that was a, but it was still risk. Oh, big time. Right, because it's, it's open to interpretation. And so when you're out there and you need to have these conversations, what are you going to do? Dennis, how are you going to enter into that next conversation you need to have that you don't want to have? What are you going to do with that different? I'm, I'm going to pray about it first and foremost. going to pray about it. Yeah. Robbie, what about you? Same thing. I, you know, you go to God and, and, and ask him. <laughs> this is over my head, above my pig rate. It is. <laughs> you know, I think that we've talked on here on the show a few times, but we own above all else obedience and that's what god really helped me with on some difficult conversations i needed to have was i need you to be obedient and i'll own the outcome you don't and that's where you have to trust in him thanks for listening go to masculinejourneyradio.org to get my find out more about us thanks